matinho. Esse macor, velho. Look, the Bears are sort of involved, and it's got implications on what the Bears could get for that number one pick. So, I think we're going to be we're, this is a, like we're going to talk about this ad nauseum by the time it's all said and done, Yerk. But hey, that's what's upon happy, us for this offseason. Happy Chicago's not looking for a quarterback uh, right yeah, now. I, I am. Uh, I hope that's the same thing we're saying after next season. I hope so too, kid. I really do, man. I'm telling you, like I said yesterday, I, I sit there on Sunday and I watch Joe Burrow play, and I'm like, what in the world? Like, why? Why can't it just one day happen for us where we – and I like Justin. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I think there's I think there's something to build upon, and there's something to work with with Justin Fields. I do. There's something like, there, huh? But why can't <laughs> – and I know I'm not the only one that feels this way, right? Like, why can't we sit down and put our team on and go, yeah. Or, like, fans around the country put the game on, put the Bears on and go, man, that quarterback, dude. Well, Miami uh, thought they were there this year. Yeah. Miami thought they were there. And now they're, they're, they're heading into an offseason. That's just a gigantic but question. You know, mark. like, to me, there are, there are quarterbacks that you, that you watch and you just know and then there are other quarterbacks that you think are good, and they are, but you don't feel the same way. Like, guys I would put in that group would include Tua. And you really wonder about Tua's future because of the concussions. Right. I'm sorry, you just do. Well, you have to. You have to. Dak, Kirk Cousins. I don't even think Jared Goff's at the level of those guys, but he did have a very strong second half of the season. You know what I mean? Like, there are certain quarterbacks on, on certain weeks or even over somewhat large samples that you watch Jimmy G, and you're like, hey, he's a good quarterback. You know, he's good. He's good. And then there are the guys where you just go, damn, Mahomes, Burrow. I think Justin Herbert, where you just see it, and you're like, damn. Uh, Rodgers, say what you want. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is great. And I still think Aaron Rodgers probably has some great football left in him. I think you do, too. I think Aaron Rodgers oh, yeah, has some absolutely. great football left in him. Yes, you yes. Know, like, there are those guys that you watch. Maybe Jalen Hurts sort of putting himself into that group. I got to admit, a lot of times this year I put the Eagles on. I was like, damn, dude. Yep. Now, he's got weapons galore, and he's got an offensive line that might be the best in football. And that helps, but you're like, woo, Jalen Hurts. Right. You don't say that about Joe Burrow. He's got weapons galore. He does. He does. He's got three wide receivers. Dude, and, and then some. I mean, their tight end room is good. Joe Mixon is good. Yep. Like, they're good. There's a lot of offensive talent on that team. But you just watch Joe Burrow, and you watch him process and know where to go with the ball and be on time and be accurate. Look, the throw to Jamar Chase, that 
I'm sorry. I hate how nitpicky it is. Like, that's a catch. That's a touchdown. I, I think it is. I but agree. Okay, the, by one, the, the, the one in the end zone. Yeah. And you watch um, that throw. Letter, letter of which law. They seem know. to apply it uh, willy-nilly like in different situations. You watch that throw, Yerk, and you're like, mother, oh, this guy. And I just. Two I feet know, down, I, possession of the ball in the end zone. It's see, a touchdown, period. Seemed like it. But again, you get into, well, the ball's moving, and then it hits no, the ground. It's ridiculous. Can't reward guys for wanting to punch the ball after the catch is made. And now you want to reward him. They're rewarding the defensive they're, they're back. Re- yeah, they're rewarding the defensive back. No. I thought it was a catch, too. Yeah, it was a linebacker in this situation, I believe. Yeah. Um, and so we played the game about an hour ago during crosstalk. You heard the highlights of some of those quarterbacks that could be on the move. With Black and Abdallah, and we, we really all did have like a lot of different answers for where some of these guys are going to go. I had Jimmy G going back to New England. You guys all I, laughed at me. I was like, me. whoa, yeah. Abdallah had Brady back in the Fox booth, but the three of us still liked him for different teams. I think he's going to end up in Miami because of the uncertainty surrounding Tua. And then, you know, I think Aaron Rodgers is staying in Green Bay, but not everybody thinks that. A lot of people think maybe the Jets or maybe the Raiders and I still wonder about Yurko and I have both wondered like what uh, is the likelihood that they could trade him because of the cap hit they, the cap hit they have to absorb. Why don't Sylvie had Robert Mays on yesterday to talk about the situation and they were talking about some of the nuance of like the post June first designation and things like that. But they played a soundbite of something Robert Mays told them back in November, and I didn't hear this at the time, so I was like, "Ooh, that's interesting." Is this what Yurko and I are missing? Listen to this from Waddle and Sylvie's show back in November when very few people were talking about Aaron Rodgers potentially being on the move. You know, Schefter had the report over the weekend. We played that for you yesterday that that is becoming a very real possibility that they trade him. This was Robert Mays talking about the Packers being able to get out by trading Rodgers back in November. The contract that they gave Rodgers, you know, it says... Three years, one fifty. So in your mind, it's like fifty million dollars a year. All of this guaranteed. Like they're sunk. They're not idiots. Like they know that Aaron Rodgers is kind of a flighty personality right now. Betting your future on Aaron Rodgers comes with some risks, and that's built into the contract. So by the start of the season next year, they have to decide whether they're going to pick up Aaron Rodgers' fifty-eight million dollar option. If they don't do that, they can trade him. And the way that they can break up the salary is it'd be $16 million next year and it'd be $24 million the year after that debt on the cap. You can survive that, especially when you have a rookie quarterback contract. And that's what they would have with Jordan Love. They're in such a unique position because some of these teams, like the Bucks, for example, Brady's gone. You got to find a guy. Where are you going to find a guy? You're going to be picking the top 10? Probably not. You're going to trade for somebody? Maybe. But if it's a veteran, you got to pay that guy. The Packers have a quarterback in the building. What do you think of him? It's impossible to know. Yeah. I mean, we, we've gotten so little, and we've seen so little of him. I, I don't know how to but answer But you wouldn't want to bet your franchise on him based on what you've seen. But you have to. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're going to move on from Rodgers, you have to bet your franchise on him. Because the other elements of the roster, those are set in stone. Yeah. Bakhtiari contract, Jerry Alexander contract, you just paid Javondre Campbell, Kenny Clark is on an extension. All of these guys, I mean, they are they are a ready-made team. This team is supposed to win right now. I, I, when Robert says, well, they can break it up 16 dead on the cap and 24 dead on the cap the year after that, what's he looking at that we're missing? Because, well, it says here, potential out 2024, two-year, a two-year $101 million contract, the cap would be 24480 
dead cap after 2023. Which I guess he did hit That's that. there, though. That's there. It's in here. That's Way in on the, the bottom. That's okay. here. Okay. But that has nothing to do with 2023. Because he said 16. Where's he getting that number? Right. He, he, I'm still so confused. And what Yurko even said yesterday, maybe we're dead ass wrong and we don't understand all the nuance. The, the data, the info that you Kerm, can find, I got it. You do? Yeah, over the cap, if you trade him after June 1st, it's $15.8 million. If you If you post first, trade him. So that's why Yurko and I kept saying, how could they possibly trade him? It's $99 million against the cap. That's impossible. You can't have one player eating up, that's not playing for you, eating up $99 million, 44% of the salary cap. So that's it. So if it's post-June 1, York, that might have been what we were missing. Does that make it doable? And maybe it doesn't. Robert was on that back in November with the guys. Yeah, I'm looking at it. Uh, to sit here and to tell you I understand every nuance of what they've got I going know. on in this cap. Uh, I see the option that they talked about. They could pick up the option. Yeah. So they pick the option up, 14575 so almost fifteen million plus fifty dollar fifty thousand dollar workup bonus, which take you fifteen million. If they pick that option up, then he's theirs, and they could trade him after June after 1st. June first, or designated a trade after June first. Interesting, right? But the twenty four million, then so you've already paid him. So in theory, you still have the fifteen million now, and then the twenty four million, and that is almost forty million of dead cap money. So forty million is much easier. Well, it's much easier than ninety nine million. Than ninety nine million of dead cap. Money. So it's here somewhere. Yeah, three one two. You got to find the nuances. You got to find all the nuance. So maybe he can be traded. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you've got a thought, Big John's on the north side. Hey John. Hey guys, what's up, buddy? What's going uh, on? You, beginning of the year, I got lambasted because I said the Bears might win three games, but I was wrong, and I met I'm wrong. But like I told your, your they did guy, three games. You were dead right. What do you if mean? You, if you took if you took Joe Burrows right now and you put on my Chicago Bears, just how many more wins you think the Bears would have? You know, we went into the season. <laughs> we went into the season. Everybody knew if you know football, this season was a wash. This was an experimental season to see who could survive for next year, get to where we are. Hopefully, we would get that first round draft choice, like we did. They get out there, spend some money, and get the team on the field. Good teams ain't going to win with an offensive line. Did. Do I think Fields is the future of the Bears? I think he's a lot better than other seasons where he went into it without a quarterback. This kid needs time to develop. He needs a line that can block. And one more thing. Look at the great quarterbacks throughout the years. In their first two seasons of football, how many games did they win versus they lost? Even the greatest quarterbacks of all time struggled in their first two years. Yeah, not all of them, but mostly. I see Troy what you're saying. Troy Aikman did. Troy Aikman did. Peyton right. struggled his first year. Not all of them. Mahomes didn't struggle. No, Mahomes has <laughs> not struggled. You know. Marino's second year. Uh, Marino's second year point, was phenomenal. Blown it out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know it's first year, whether they blew it out. Not always. Before they blew it out, for sure. Uh, I know oh, yeah, Aikman eight, struggled. Yeah. Uh, Tom Brady came in and won. They were pretty good. Tom Brady came in and won. Yeah, he did. Right away. Yep. Marcus is in Dallas on ESPN 1000. Hey, Marcus. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's up, man? I just, I just got, got, got a thing to say. The thing is, he, he has a bond between Chase, oh, I'm sorry, T. Higgins and, and uh, the other receiver. Chase. I think, yeah, Chase. Mm-hmm. And I think T. T Higgins is not leaving leaving Cincinnati. We have to get him mm-hmm. another receiver. Mooney is a short receiver. 
I know no no shade against him, but we get another receiver in, and I know we have the Chase Claypool. But once he get into the off season and build a build a bond with uh, Fields, we have two receivers. We get another third receiver when he throws that ball to another that that next receiver. We can have that bond in the off season. So once we get get into the next season, we can have that bond with three receivers. Yeah, and I think he'll be all right. Yeah, and they that's need what help. I want to say. They need help. They do in that yeah, regard, I don't, Marcus. I don't think right. we're comparing Burrow to Fields. I think you're just envious of the fact that no, Cincinnati yeah, just, has Joe Burrow. Yeah, I'm saying yeah. when you – like that. my biggest takeaway from Sunday, and it, it's my biggest takeaway watching a lot of football sometimes when you watch the great ones. It's just like I, I just hope that maybe it's Fields, or and if it's not, like when is it yeah. going to be our turn as Bears fans? I mean – I don't know. You just you walk away from watching Burrow in these last couple of postseasons and watching him throughout the course of this year, and like this guy's awesome. He's it, man. He's everything you want a number one pick to be, and he's a leader, and he's got moxie, and uh, it's not just that he's got great weapons. Of course, that helps. Watch him. Watch him read a defense. Watch him diagnose. Watch him know where to go with the football. Watch him be on time. That's on Joe Burrow. The weapons help, of course. They make you. You know, they make your team dangerous. They make you viable. They make your offense go. I mean, I get it, but, like, the quarterback's got to see all that. He sees it. You can clearly see that he sees it. Yes. He's awesome. And, and then I, more importantly, he could see it before he knew what he was seeing. I, that, I did, that, that's the uncanny part, Carm. Yeah. He was seeing it before he knew what he was seeing. He's just awesome. And you're like, wow. I mean... Totally legit awesome. 312-332-3776. It's Carmen in New York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen in Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Can I kick it? Kick it. Right, we'll get back out to some of your calls here in just a minute. I got a few other NFL things I want to... Toss at Yurko and the rest of uh, the the audience. Don't forget to come see us on Friday, Football Friday, previewing Championship Sunday. I am really looking forward to our show on Friday to wrap the week. We're going to be at 93 Octane Brewery at uh, the Pride Stores in St. Charles. We've done shows there in the past. Come by and see us. They brew all their own beer, and it's delicious if you're a beer fan. And if you're a whiskey fan, for the first time ever, the Whistle Pig 10-year single barrels that we picked with some listeners in the Pride Stores are going to be available uh, they'll go on sale at select Pride Store locations across Chicagoland on Friday. If you come and see us and buy one of the bottles at the St. Charles location, they're going to, I think, knock 10 bucks off of the price for you, so you'll get it a little bit cheaper. They are raffling off a bottle of Whistle Pig Boss Hog, which is, forget about it, like I said yesterday, one of the most desirable and sought-after bottles of whiskey on the market today. It retails for North of 500, that says nothing of what you could get it for, the absurd prices uh, on the secondary market. So that's really an incredible bottle that they're going to auction off. Um, and, yeah, there's going to be beer, whiskey, food. So come by and see us as we preview Championship Sunday at the Pride Stores in 93 Octane Brewery this coming Friday. Be good to be out for the first time in 2023, good kid. Uh, a few other things here, and then we'll get back out to the phones Four games of the divisional round weekend performed very well. That's not a shock. You know, Yurko told you last week uh, when they released the data of all the top 100 TV shows for 2022, I think 82, 82. were football games. 81 were NFL games. There was a college game in there. I think there were a couple college games in there. Oh, there, there was, was 82 like, and three college football oh, games. Oh, so it was 85 football yes. games, 82 yeah. in the NFL. Yes. Jeez, sweet Lord. 
So it's not a shock that it did very well. This year they performed better than any quartet of final eight postseason games other than two, the 2012 season. Uh, I'm sorry, the 2011 season, January of 2012, and then the uh, 2014 season. The average audience per the league was 37.1 million. That's an 11% increase in audience size from the five-year average from 2018 through 2022. Leading the way, Yurko. You know which game led the way? What would you think? Uh, the game that led the way would be uh, the Sunday the Sunday first game. Uh, nope, it was the Sunday night game. Sunday night And you know when you think about it, Cowboys-Niners, the history there between those two. Cowboys-Niners led the way. You know that was their ninth all-time postseason meeting? Nine. It's a lot of meetings. It's something, isn't it? Or no, was it 10? No, I think it was nine. I think there were eight going in. It was either nine eight or going t- in. The eight. Cowboys were five and three. There you go. In the playoffs. Jake knows it because Jake's a Cowboy fan. We were talking about you yesterday, Jake. Poor guy. I know, poor guy. It's the five ninth all-time now. meeting between those two. So Cowboys Niners did uh, 45.7. 45.7 million average viewers on Fox. 7% increase over last year's Sunday night game, which was Bill's Chiefs. And think about that game, too. And the second biggest divisional round audience behind only the January 2017 game, Yurko, between the Packers and the Cowboys. Two more historic teams. Bengals-Bills on Sunday afternoon, the one you guessed, racked up $39.3 million from CBS. Believe it or not, that was a 2% drop from Rams-Bucks last year, but still nearly $40 million. Jaguars-Chiefs. Drew 34.3. That was an 11% bump over Bengals-Titans. Jaguars-Chiefs is much sexier, let's face it, anytime you get Mahomes in a game. And uh, I think Trevor Lawrence has some star power, even though it's Jayville and maybe not a totally public team. I think Trevor Lawrence is elevating himself and, uh, hey, this kid's pretty good. And we've been watching him since college, and let's watch him I on a Saturday. I believe you might be right. And then the game that brought up the rear is not a shock. First of all, it's Saturday night. I think that's still uh, – maybe maybe patterns have changed, but Saturday nights have historically been tough TV nights, I think. Anyway, well, and the, and way the, the game, game was, was a blowout. 28-0 at yeah, halftime. Yeah, that game was done. You know, you're right. So All the Giants fans had given up at that point anyway. I think you're right. I watched it. It was happening in front of my eyes. That's right, because you were in Florida. Jake, how are you hanging in there after your Cowboys loss? I'm better. You know, yesterday I was kind of shuffling the feet a little bit, but you know what? Always next season, right? Oh, well, they're like the eternal optimist. <laughs> always said, next yeah, season. So there's always next year, my friend. You didn't break a TV or anything? I saw a few Cowboys oh, no, fans breaking no, their TVs. No, I saw that. You know, I saw it coming, right? Like, I was talking about it on Waddle and Sylvie that, like, I was prepared for the worst no matter what. So as soon as they were trying to drive and, like, I saw that final play, like, I knew, honestly, I knew it was over when Pollard actually got hurt. But I knew it was yeah. coming as as far as like it being over on the final play. The Pollard injury was a yeah. was a killer, and then that final play. Uh, w- would you ever do something so stupid as break your television a- uh, over a game? I mean, I, I've like, seen a lot of that. Like I, th- I think I'm a pretty big sports fan. Like I, and sometimes I think like I'm too involved and emotionally attached, and then I see dopes. Running, unless it's all set up and it's like a busted it's TV. It's staged. It's some old TV they yeah. already replaced. But I saw one Cowboy fan punch his yeah. hand into his TV and break it. That everybody you, was watching. You got to be a real dope to break a, a television over your team losing. I don't. I, it's I, not the first time it happened. No, I know. And I'm yeah. always sort of amazed. Uh, I, Just I thought, when I think I'm like too much of a sports fan, I'm like, what are you thinking? What's I going through the, your mind? Uh, the best reaction was the Skip Bayless video, performatively huffing and puffing through his kitchen. 
<laughs> and then throwing his Dak Prescott jersey in it's the garbage as hard as he could. Stupid. Not the first time he's done it. Yeah, it's just stupid. I mean, like, and I've been upset and devastated after some of our team's losses over the years. I mean, sure. Sometimes I've yelled, and, you know, a little bit and dropped some expletives, Yerk, but... Like lighting things on fire and burning jerseys yeah. and breaking televisions. Like what? Well, I mean, listen. If you're lighting it's your own next level dopey, your own Bears hat on fire because you're disgruntled. I mean, at the way the '86 Bears went out of the playoffs, then you, I can understand that. I mean, it's a hat. It cost him probably 15 bucks at the time. John it was yeah. his personal possession. They decided to burn. You want to go crack your TV as long as nobody else gets hurt? Crack your TV. It's just stupid. And then tomorrow you can go out to Best Buy or wherever and get yourself a new one. I guess TVs are cheap now, Carm. Too. They're I mean, not if that you've got cheap. one of those, but if you've got one of those 110 dollar Roku ones, you throw yourself through it for a two million <laughs> views on TikTok. Why not? I guess. It's weird, man. I'm guessing the guy that drove over his like was just it was all set up. It was a busted television. Reed's in the West Loop. What's up, Reed? Hey boys, big fan. Um I just wanted to see your thoughts on something I have not heard anyone discuss yet, and that would be uh the Cowboys trading for Rogers. The Cowboys. Uh, Ooh. You got yeah, you got the Mike McCarthy aspect. I think it sounds like Dallas might be fed up with Dak, at least right after that game and then uh, Isn't McCarthy or I should say, isn't Rogers fed up with McCarthy? Yeah, I mean yeah. that that I don't know. I, I wonder. Know, like but, do you uh, think maybe maybe a few years away, like absence makes the heart grow fonder, don't they say that? Maybe he's over it, like can he play for McCarthy again? Yeah, I mean that was my thought. I mean I think uh I think that could put them over the top if it mm. really was Dak that was holding them back. That's I have not heard that reader even contemplated that. Aaron Rodgers to Dallas. I haven't even thought about that. Got to say that one seems like it's a real long shot. No, no I think I think that divorce though, oh. that divorce between McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers was a a welcome one for Probably. both sides. If I had to guess, yeah, yeah, I wouldn't think that's. Jake, you'd wait. Hold on, Jake. You'd pass on that as the yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, you're taking on a bigger contract. I th- I don't think the relationship with between him and McCarthy is still shaky. I to your think, point, I would. Think. I like. Why would he? Why would he come to Dallas? Yeah, short term answer. I mean, but you, but if you could it, one why? for one Rogers for Dak. I think I'd do it. It worked. It worked in. Uh, it it worked in Tampa for one year, and you've seen it. It hasn't really worked after that. No. But so he's, for Tampa, it worked for one year. Thirty nine. Yeah, but it gets you 39. off the Dak money. That's the bigger thing. You get a year where maybe you get a chance, and you don't owe Dak any money. That's the big thing. You need to get yourself off the Ezekiel Elliott money. No, that's, that's, the, the, that's the money. That's the well, you can. Funds. It's only $11 million. You can eat $11 million, though. That they can do. spent funds right there. The point I was going to make, Karmas, if you want to follow the tea leaf, just f- wherever Nathaniel Hackett gets hired, oh, that's, that's a good where call. Aaron Rodgers that's, is going to go. That's a good call. Which team hires Nathaniel Hackett? And nobody will be crazy enough to give him a head coaching job the way Denver did, hoping that, he, that they, they thought they were going to get Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but, like, that's interesting because he loves Nathaniel Hackett. Apparently, he could be the Jets OC. There you go. And then that would make that would make sense. That's the trail to follow. If Salah hires Hackett to be the OC because they fired who? Wasn't McDaniel's brother with the Jets, right? Uh, no, um, um, LeFleur's brother. Right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. LeFleur's brother. At Mike LeFleur, right? And they fired Mike LeFleur. With yeah. Nathaniel Hackett being the failure that he is, does he get the Adam Gase treatment now? People made a, you know, the, Adam Gase got some extra chances. He got two jobs. Yeah, that's my point. How many now go ahead and say, okay, he's proven that he can't do it. Does he ever get a shot again? Do you put him in the Adam Gase category? Listen, if Matt Nagy's never going to get a shot again, Matt Nagy won coach of the year and took a team to the playoffs. If Matt Nagy's never going to get a shot, and I'm not saying he should or should not. I don't really care. 
I, he probably shouldn't. There's no way you could give Nathaniel Hackett another job as a head coach, could you? There's no way. I, I don't think he ever gets a job again. So I mean, no chance. I wouldn't give him a coordinator's job. Could you convince well, that yourself? I think he'd get. I think he'll get a coordinator's job. Could you convince yourself it wasn't his fault? And that he just got no. dealt a sour deck. With... I remember the first two weeks of the season. He should have been fired after week two. Yeah, I agree. And I told Cap that in the morning. And he's like, oh, you're nuts. But I, no, he should have been fired in the end zone. He should have been fired in the end zone after week two. But they hired him as Rodgers bait. It didn't work out. Yeah. Could, if you're a GM of another team, can you just convince yourself, well, things went wrong there because Russ I, was... I can't. I, if, I'm telling you, if you're going to say Matt Nagy can never be a head coach again, how the hell can Nathaniel Hackett? I mean, Nagy still coached for four years. They went to the playoffs twice, for crying out loud. No chance. I, I can't talk myself uh, into it. No, I'm with you, Yerk. Uh, Kevin's in Wheeling. Hey, Kevin. Hey, guys. Um, I just want to present a, a scenario for you guys, see if you guys can entertain it. So here's what I'd like the Bears to do. Draft a quarterback in the first round. Draft a quarterback in the seventh round. All of a sudden, our QB room becomes the number one QB room in the NFL. I'm already not a believer in Justin Fields long-term. Um, so now, all of a sudden, we have someone in the waiting, kind of like what the Packers have done and what the Patriots did when they drafted Garoppolo. It, we won't have that Super Bowl window because we'll spend our capital early on on a quarterback. In the seventh round, go get a guy that has every school record. Iowa State, Brock Purdy. That guy from the Patriots, Billy, Bailey Zappi, Bailey has Zappi. every school record. <laughs> that's the guy that we but need it, that's been in, playing in five years of games. We don't have to untrain him just like we did every Ohio State quarterback. Now, all of a sudden, we have the number one quarterback from the NFL. I like, I mean, the, no I like, about that, the, I like the idea of the late-round quarterback, but but you're saying a yeah. first-round or two? You can't, I don't think you could do that. So, Brunel, yeah. Brunel picked in the fifth. I like the late-round idea, though, Kevin. Ty Detmer picked in the ninth. Aaron Brooks, I think, in the third. Uh, I don't know when Matt Hasselbeck was taken. I'm thinking um, about the Green Bay draft. It was late, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll I tell think you. it Hold was on. a little bit later, too. I mean, that, I want to say like sixth yeah. round. Am I wrong? Sixth round. Right. So, I mean, so you're sixth talking round. about always taking a quarterback, but not necessarily taking one high. No, exactly. Yeah. Okay. You should be taking them, just yeah. not high. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're the strongest quarterback group. No, you're not. No. No. Because any quarterback room that has Patrick Mahomes is stronger than your quarterback room. Yeah, like, Joe, like Cincinnati's room is stronger. Yes, the Chargers' room is stronger. You can have a, <laughs> a you, you can have a, a number of good quarterbacks. Yeah, but having one great quarterback trumps your good quarterbacks yeah. every single time. But I do like the idea of uh, getting it like, eliminates your room, <laughs> sir. That collector late. Yeah. It's Carmen in New York. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting. Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN One Thousand. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Oh, breaking news. It's baseball news. It's not Hall of Fame related, even though we want to do it. And I'm not breaking it. Sound off. A- <laughs> the good kid is not breaking it. Shocking. How are yeah. you not breaking this, no, actually? I'm not breaking uh, Shay, what is the breaking news? It's not good breaking news. Chicago White Sox pitcher Mike Clevenger is under investigation by Major League Baseball following allegations of domestic violence involving the mother of his 10-month-old daughter and child abuse. Stories what? at The Athletic from Katie J. Strang and Breck Rowley. And child abuse. All right, so we will follow that story. That is not good. That is unpleasant to hear. And I don't know what else to say at this point other than we'll see where this goes as MLB conduct, it conducts its investigation into newly acquired White Sox pitcher Mike Clevenger. I'm assuming 
the Sox are issuing the perfunctory, we have no statement at this time. I haven't seen anything from the well, Sox yet. It would make sense. Simple. Uh, we are assessing the facts, mm. and uh, we'll get back to you when we have a firm grasp of it all. Mm. Period. All right. I mean, that's all you can do. That's Yeah, that's probably, I don't know they're, that they can really say much more. They're probably going about the business of trying to figure out what the hell's going on, too. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll follow along in the coming uh, hours and days of what happens there. Usually, probably, we're talking in terms of days and weeks as MLB will conduct an investigation. But uh, that is the latest. That is the breaking news. And just acquired by the White Sox in the offseason. Not that I can recall, anyway, Shay. Nothing in his past, no similar allegations or charges right as nothing far as i'm I've aware seen, no yeah nothing i've seen but uh that is the latest okay uh mlb will potentially announce an ml uh, a hall of fame class tonight some people are speculating that nobody's going to have enough there's a guy that does the tracker but he's basing it off of the votes that have uh that they that you that he knows of publicly and that there's always a drop when the final ballots are tallied right. because not everybody makes them public. Um, so while Roland on his tracker was trending north of 75%, everybody always assumes it's going to fall off because historically it has once all the votes are finally tallied. You know what I'm saying? You're like, yes, I Roland do. to me seems like a guy that should be in baseball's Hall of Fame. I'm a little surprised he's not. Todd Helton probably too. The only three that they think maybe have a shot, and again, there's some speculation that none of them will get in, are Roland, Todd Helton, and Billy Wagner. Um, closers, I think, are tough because it's, I don't know, it's just, it's almost like, uh, it was almost like the early days of wide receivers, like trying to figure out how to, well, well who goes in, who's worthy, who's not. I feel like closers had to wait so long to finally right. get the recognition. Why is Lee There's, Smith wor- like, more worthy than Billy Wagner? Yeah. Why is and it took Lee Smith forever anyway? Right. Why is uh, Bruce Souter more worthy? Why is whoever else is in there is Goose Gossage? I can almost why see, is he more yeah. worthy? And I could see the argument for those guys a little bit more because they pitch so much more. Right, they, but, they're two inning, yeah, two innings really closed. Yeah, you know, but they're thinking maybe nobody gets in. Um, and then there's Carlos Beltran. Who, I, I don't know why it's well, you know what's going to hurt him is going to be the Astro scandal. Really? That affects his status as a baseball player? The Astros cheating scandal? I mean, I don't know. Well, you know, there's Puritans out there, kid. You got the Puritans out there. Those have never so seen So now it's not only it's this, so it's the steroids. And it's, I mean, these guys really do act like no baseball player has ever attempted to or successfully cheated. Like well, I they really, yeah. They really behave that way. So no. now it's not only yes. PDs, but now it's also, well, no, you can't let Carlos Beltran in. He was the ringmaster of the. The Texas, uh, excuse me, the Houston Astros. And was he even playing then, or was he just a coach on the staff? Wasn't he, was he playing, or was he a coach? Maybe he was playing. Maybe last his time last he played year. was 2017. That okay, was the so last was that time the year he played. Of the Astros? Last year, I think. So yeah. it was his last year? Like, so his last year in the league when he was 40? He was 40. <laughs> <laughs> like, they really do act like, well, no, you can't. No, he can't put him in. You're going to lose votes now because he was cheating with the Astros at 40 when he played 50 games. Like, 
Do you remember when, uh, I think it was last year, John Heyman got asked this on Twitter, when he was like, do you really believe that the steroid guys are the only people who ever cheated in the history of baseball? And he said, no, but they're the ones who got caught, so that's the only way it should count. He admitted, of course there are people in I the mean, Hall of Fame who cheated, it, but it doesn't matter because they didn't get caught. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. It really doesn't. Uh, I looked at uh, the, the, the best 10-year run. Because I always think ten years is a pretty good. Like right. that's sort of your. That should be the indicator. So the baseline, you can really right? judge it, right? So like Roland Beltran, Helton. All right, Yerk. Yeah. Without looking at the numbers, for me, you throw those three at me. The most deserving is Scott Roland. That's what I would have said. Okay. I don't know if you agree or disagree. What would you say if I gave you those three before I give you the numbers? Before the numbers, Roland Beltran, Helton. What would you say? I would say probably Beltran. You'd say Beltran, okay. I'd say Roland. I'd rank them Roland, Helton, Beltran. That would be me. Scott Roland, best 10-year run. 49.1 wins, uh, wins above replacement. Slash line of 286, 376, 524. A 131 OPS plus in seven gold gloves. Outside of Mike Schmidt, I think he's the best third baseman I've ever seen. Me, personally. I didn't see Brooks Robinson. I think he's the best defensive player I've seen at that position. Again, other than... Uh, Mike Schmidt, and maybe if I'm even going to think of guys like now, Matt Chapman's been pretty unbelievable over there during the peak of his career. Josh Donaldson was for a while, too. But probably one of like the three best I've ever seen here. Carlos Beltran, 51.2 wins above replacement. So a little bit more than Scott Rowland. 283, 366, 509 slash line. I mean, very, almost identical. And a 125 OPS plus. Three goal gloves. Todd Helton's best 10-year run. The most wins above replacement, 53.1. So they're all close. They're all within four wins of each other, Yerk. 331, and this is where the numbers are like, oof, but you got to remember Coors Field. But the slash line for Todd Helton in his best 10 years, Yerko, 331, 436, 570. He was aided by Coors Field. That's why we need the OPS plus metric, because it helps balance that out. Right. And even that, a very impressive OPS plus of 145 with three gold gloves. So maybe on merit, he's the best. I don't know. I would have ranked them Roland, Helton, Beltran. I think Scott Roland should be in. I don't even know why it's an issue, to be honest. And if the writers decide to pass no one through, and all they celebrate in Cooperstown this summer yeah. is Fred McGriff. Well, again, I love the crime dog. Like, Fred McGriff was a terrific baseball player. And he made a hell of an instructional video when we were kids. But if that's your red carpet ceremony in Cooperstown this summer, good luck to you. You get what, you're des- what you deserve if you're baseball. Right. Fred McGriff. That's what they're going to celebrate. Go. And like you said earlier, I, somehow Ryan Sandberg has morphed into Joe Morgan. Yes. Like nobody. No, nope, no. Nope, didn't do it the right way. No, the, that guy didn't do the it the right way. The guardians at the yeah. gate. No, nope, didn't do it the right way. Sorry. Yeah. What right way? I mean, I'm not going there. I'm not going uh, the direction I went in the meetings. I will not go there. No, I'm glad that you're not going to. What? What right? What didn't do it the right way? Nobody's ever cheated. Nobody's ever tried. Nobody's ever been caught. Nobody's ever gotten away with it. And for years, Joe Morgan was trying to make sure that like no other second baseman would ever get in. He was pissed off when Sandberg got in. And now Sandberg's like, nope, no, no, can't get in. Those guys can't get in. No, Fred McGriff, come on. The crime dog. 
Fred did it the right way. Wore a big hat. And Fred did do it the right did way. Did a great instructional video. We once picked up a meal for, for uh, the crime dog. I remember that. You and Mac and Harry yep. did, didn't you? Yep. And that's the dinner Sylvie was at and complained about his steak. You guys and the waiter looked at him and goes, there's nothing left. And he was complaining about the steak. There's ah, nothing left, sir. Fatty. Yeah. <laughs> you ate it all. He complained about it. your steak now? Oh, God. It's we had some, okay. We had some fun had some with Sylvie after though. that one. Oh, that night with God. Sylvie was a ball. We had oh, a good time. Oh, my God. It's too much. 312-332-3776. Waddle and Sylvie will be down in 15 for Crosstalk. We'll be right back. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko. If you miss something, get the podcast on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Well, there's uh, breaking White Sox news, as we told you here. Baseball news. Mike Clevenger is under investigation for domestic violence allegations. Per a report in The Athletic, Olivia Feinstead, 24, has been in contact with MLB's Department of Investigation since last summer. I'm assuming, but you know what assume does, you make an ass out of you and me, that the White Sox didn't know, but hmm. She says she's provided them with details of incidents involving physical, verbal, and emotional abuse in one incident she says Clevenger choked her and then two weeks later slapped her in a hotel room and threw used chewing tobacco on their child. Clevenger was pitching for the Padres last year when the allegations, uh, when the alleged incident, excuse me, took place. That club did not provide a comment to the athletic, and I don't think the White Sox have provided a comment yet either. Do not like the sound of that one single bit. She posted some photos on her Instagram story I see now, like bruises and stuff, too. So From when? when? I mean, when did she post that? I'm assuming that's got to be fresh. Otherwise, this would have been very uh, there's big a news. date on one of the photos. It says August 2021. Um, but it said oh, that's that they've... Two, that would have been two summers. They've ago. been in contact for, you know, two summers. Oh, this only said uh, since since the summer. Okay, maybe, but th- this is pieced together. I'm not reading this from the Athletic. I'm reading it from MLB Trade Rumors uh, website. So maybe they just Obviously, didn't have. Yeah, allegedly is going to be the important word here too. Yeah, but yeah. From everything yeah, that like she posted, it does yeah. not sound good. Not good, uh, one bit. So let's see how the White Sox decide to step up and now handle this and what they might potentially say about it. Waddle and Sylvia are going to be down for a crosstalk coming up here in a few minutes and we'll chat with the guys uh let's go to randy in seattle what's up randy hello boys how you doing buddy? so i'm doing good man carmen uh in light of your upcoming event i think you said on thursday yes the colonoscopy colonoscopy got a couple of uh, recommendations for you first one ever all right what are the wrecks let's hear it here <laughs> what could these There's be a, uh, there's a column by Dave Barry, B-A-R-R-Y, the uh, humorist, yeah. on colonoscopy. Just read it. Read it? One okay. of the funniest pieces I have ever read. Does this it include, like, only... interesting tips, or is it just going to make me laugh? <laughs> it's going yeah, to make you laugh. It made me laugh. Oh, God. All right. <laughs> and the other one is whether or not you're a fan of the TV show Two and a Half Men. Uh, not particularly. Ep- okay. But there's an episode in there where... Charlie opts to schedule a colonoscopy to avoid meeting his fiance's parents. 
And it's uh, season seven, episode thirteen. Boy, you even found it. I looked it up for you, buddy. And it's a good it's a good watch just for the humor part. All right, that's. Uh, I will spend my prep tomorrow night, maybe ch- catching up on those. Randy, thank you. Can I ask you a question? Have you you've had a colonoscopy, yes. right? Yeah. Yes. Um, what can I ask you? A you can ask me whatever you want. What's it feel like after? Fine. You, nothing. You don't yeah. feel anything. No, you're fine. No. All right. Yeah. You're I'm fine. worried about that. I'm worried. Like, am I going to wake up being like, Ugh. no? You worried about passing gas and not feeling it? No. no. Just coming out like a. Like wind going down the hallway? Maybe. Is that what you're worried about? I kind of like feeling it. I like the vibrations. Am I still going to be able to feel it? You'll be fine. Okay. Yes. It's the small camera? It's the camera that's necessary to get every picture that it needs to get to make sure that you're 100% healthy. Very healthy. Have you ever gone down and taken a look at what you produce sometimes and ask yourself the question, how the hell did that get out of there? Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh. So don't worry about it. All right. That's what I would tell you. All right. It's no bigger than anything you've ever produced That's in a an lifetime. Excellent point, Yurko. Okay? That's a great way to sum it up. There you go. Like, what are you worried I about? I want to settle you Haven't down. Haven't you looked down and been like, oh, yeah. my God. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. That's an excellent. That's a that's an easy way of putting it. That way, everybody can understand crystal clear. That's an excellent point. All right. I mean, I've never right. looked down there and saw spaghetti. Ever. No, me neither. Ever. That's true. That's a good point. Okay. Boy, you have a way of uh, making me feel better. Yeah, I'm here you for you, Thanks, kid. man. I, like, I, well, I also know what your I'm concerns like a are. Relieved. I also know what your concerns are. Oh, man. Walking uh, down the street and all of a sudden you're dropping pebbles. That's what I, you know, you, I was like, how's this yeah, going to feel when I wake up? I don't know. You don't want that to happen, do you? What's it going to feel like when I wake up? Hey, uh, speaking of, uh, we've talked about a lot today. We kind of bounced around the NFL. We did a little baseball. We brought you the unpleasant news of the development now with newly acquired White Sox pitcher Mike Clevenger. And we're going to have to continue to follow that story. Jesse is working on it as we speak. Maybe we'll, I'm sure Jesse's going to be on with Waddle and Sylvie. On the day they're going to name a Hall of Famer, right? Maybe, or maybe not. A, 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 Hall, of a Hall of Famer. Jesse is working the story now uh, for ESPN.com. And, for and it's us. the crime dog. And it's the crime dog. <laughs> I mean, what, right. what's going on? The coincidence. And yeah. so, Jesse, I'm sure at some point will probably jump on with Waddle and Sylvia might uh, provide an update. Maybe we'll catch up with Jesse tomorrow. We'll see what happens in the next 24 hours or so with that developing story. I saw, uh, we talked about this during Crosstalk yesterday with Waddle and Sylvia. Remember they had said, with all the money, would you be okay in this really bizarre circumstance where the Bears had so much money to spend? And they love asking us this because they know our stance on quarterback, which, by the way, has now proliferated across the NFL. Yeah. I'm taking credit for it, Yurko. You I don't can care. feel free to do whatever you That's like. Our narcissism is going to let is going to run wild with this one. Yurko right. and I, ten years ago, were telling you don't pay running backs. Don't pay running. Don't backs. draft them in the first round unless you're picking like thirty second. Then I kind of get it. But yeah, Sony Michelle. Yeah, uh, Clyde Edwards Alaire. So yeah. I mean, even those guys look at the way their careers have panned out. You know, you love a guy, you get the fifth year. Okay, I guess they I love Clyde see it. Edwards Hilaire so much that they drafted Isaiah Pacheco, Pacheco who's yeah. their number one running back right yes. now. Yeah. So and two years from now, will be their number three running yes, back. Yes. Will be. Don't draft them in the first round. Don't spend money on them. We've been saying it for more than a decade, probably at this point, and we've been right, and everybody knows it now. And so they said, "Well, even in this weird circumstance, though, are you guys sticking to sticking to your guns? Or like, would you pay Saquon? No, I wouldn't. Yurko agrees. I did see odds on where Saquon's going to land. 
Saquon staying with the Giants is your minus two fifty favorite. It's chalk, big favorite. It's yeah, chalk. He said he's not looking to reset the market. That he did say that. Yeah, I heard him. Dolphins seven and a half to one. Bears third choice at ten to one. Still a long shot, but still third choice on the. Oh, board. they've got money. I know. They I got think money. That's why it happened. You've got to look at it. You got to go around the world. Who's got money to spend? Surprised they didn't put the Atlanta Falcons on that list too. But Atlanta's already invested yeah, not on that list. In, in well, they invested in running backs. Alligier is uh, their running back. That they Tyler drafted Al, right. Uh, Algier, uh, Algiers, Algiers, right? yeah, who yeah. they drafted a year ago. Right. But my is point Cordero is, Cordero still under contract. Corduroy Patterson. I think he might be. Might be, he? but they've got another guy there. They got a third guy there. Yeah, they're fine. Your running back room should consist of guys you draft, and and just keep rolling yeah. through late late, late rounds. That. That really should be yeah. going forward. That's your running back room. Keep it going. And Keep don't it going. apologize for it. Yeah. Uh, all right, we're going to cross talk with Waddle and Sylvie coming up. They're, I think they're trying to spy what you're looking at on your computer. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, colonoscopy episode, guys. Oh, from I mean, what's going on? We just talked about it. Come on now, guys. Let's should grow I, up. Should a I watch bit. that one? Uh, I think you should. I'll I'll say this: Would the effect AJ Brown had on the Tennessee Titans have been the same way? If their running back would have left Henry, if Derrick Henry was gone, would it have been a catastrophic season for them also? They were struggling offensively before they had the rash of injuries that caused them problems. And I'd say no. Like, right? No. To me, A.J. Brown is more important than Derrick Henry. Right. I would say yes. Yes. And Derrick Henry's very good. Don't, I mean, but. Well, we don't deny that. We don't deny that Derrick Henry has been a very good running back. Crosstalk is coming up. We'll uh, be back in two minutes. Black and Abdallah have the final word brought to you by Bath Planet. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, did you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final you word. Had to have the last word. On Carmen and Yurko. Sebastian Maniscalco. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was a jerk oh, too. Yeah. yeah, Sebastian. Yeah, these kids. They, all they do is they're on. You know, they're on. 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 They're on.